You're listening to ADHD Diversified, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. Today, I think I'm just going to go through some verbal processing on some thoughts that I had about a newsletter I received in my personal email the other day talking about the removal of wrongness. So that email that I received about the removal of wrongness, it opens up talking about one of the fascinating things we do, which is making ourselves wrong. And okay, fine, I'm, I'm really good at that. And we, in turn, sometimes make others wrong too. And I'm using the word wrong in air quotes here. So, you know, making ourselves quote unquote wrong, making others quote unquote wrong. Because, and you know, be honest, how often do we tell ourselves we're doing something wrong? Or how often in our histories have we been told we're doing something wrong? And how often have we told somebody else that they're doing something wrong, that they're not doing it the right way, that they're doing this and that incorrectly, that, you know, maybe we've had instances, okay, I have, of like, well, I'm doing it right. I don't know what you're doing wrong. And sure, there's instances where that's valid, but in some other cases, the question really is, what is wrong and according to who? It's kind of like, like two plus two equals four, but so does three plus one and one plus three and eight divided by two and two times two. You get my point. Like, okay, um, where was I going with this? Now let's just have an ADHD moment. I have ADHD. I have different interests. I have different arenas that I like to dabble in. I like to tinker and discover and learn and try new things, usually. And sometimes when there's a skill involved with all the new shiny things, I get frustrated when I can't get it right the first time. And usually the first thing that I say to myself is, well, I must be doing that the wrong way. Like, yeah, I must be doing something wrong, but not necessarily. Let's see. A a good example of applying this right or wrong thing would be with planning. So whether we're planning our days or our week or our month or maybe our year, I'm not perfect at it and I don't really ever aim to be, but you know, I I try my best. I like planning. Planning ahead gives me some certainty or I don't know, maybe the illusion of certainty, some kind of rhythm or routine where I'm generally pretty sure of what's coming up next. And yeah, you can bet that I was sort of that weirdo in like, elementary school who was excited every year for that brand new planner that we'd get. But if I were to have that same planner now, would it work for me today the same way it did 20 or 25 years ago? Maybe, but probably not. And if you're like me, you've gone through an excess of planners, plenty of apps, tried digital, tried writing, whatever. And if you're also like me, if you don't already have a consistent planning routine, maybe Right now, you're at the point where you're still trying different ways to plan. What's the right planner? How do I plan my day? Where do I fit everything into my day? Actually, how do I fit everything into my day? And then there's, you know, the whole self-talk thing of, oh, if that person's doing it that way and they've been able to do this and achieve that, then they must be doing it right. Or just tell me the exact same formula that you have so I can plan the right way. And this was hard for me to digest at first, but the truth is, there's no right 
way to plan. I've gone through the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Groups, and in the groups, uh, we go through, uh, you know, different tools and techniques that we can use to plan. We each share some of the techniques that we've used in the past. Um, and then, you know, the key word here is things we can use. Like, the way I plan is completely different from the way somebody else plans. And the way I've seen others plan or create a planning routine is different from the next person and the next person and the next person. And my self-talk around planning, honestly, <laughs> kind of used to be that I was doing it right. But not right as in right for me, but right as in, you know, a, a little bit snarky. Uh, like, if you plan my way, you'll just get it. Like, you'll be able to plan great. Like, just do it the way that I'm doing it. Now that's not particularly encouraging, and I know that I've been kind of the brunt of that, like, oh, just do it my way and you'll be doing it right. It's not wrong, but it's not a good way to show someone or encourage someone how to do something. And in this case, it's not, you know, me being like, well, just do it my way, and then you'll, you'll get it right, isn't a positive way to help somebody plan. Actually, it's a little bit judgmental. So I'll admit it, you know, part of my strength was, you know, when I started learning about my own ADHD, planning was something that I was already good at because it was one of those skills that I had developed because I was overcompensating for my undiagnosed ADHD. Really though, like, a thought that crossed my mind when I was seeing other people struggle to plan was like, well, it isn't that hard to plan. Like, if you just do this and this, like, ah, oh, just never mind. Here, I'll show you how to do it. And you know how that turned out? It didn't. Because, you know, I, I realized that just because I plan a certain way doesn't mean it's, it's going to work for somebody else. And, you know, sure, there's one or two things I had done before that do still work for me now. But just because the techniques I developed work for me doesn't mean that they'll work for somebody else. We're all different. I've seen the way other people plan and, you know, their ways of crossing off their to-dos and getting shit done and making things happen and, you know, seeing them gain forward momentum and seeing the ways that others structure their days and stuff like that. Like that would, there's certain ways that would never work for me, but it absolutely works for them. You know, some of us don't use the same apps, some of us don't use digital, some of us don't use analog, and that doesn't make any of that wrong. For me, most of my stuff is digital, so it's in front of me all the time. I probably spend more time in front of a computer than I should admit, but it, in this moment right now, that works for me to have everything, the majority of the things that I do, digitally accessible. And for others, you know, it's a combination of paper and pen uh, and their digital calendars. Some are purely just handwriting their stuff out. Some have their plans in different places. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like that. Like the majority of my things are on my computer, but I do still mix it up from time to time. Like I'll write my to-dos in uh, my notebook or I'll have different ways of storing my to-dos. Like I bounce between Google Calendar, Outlook, Asana, my notebook, my phone, my smartwatch, a messaging app, sometimes the occasional sticky note. Oh, I must have ADHD. And so because I have my lists in so many different places, that has been, you know, when I share it that way, it's been overwhelming for some people. 
And, you know, I've seen others do it in another way where they stick with just one thing and that's overwhelming for me. And the reason why I have so many places that I keep my plans and some of my to-dos is because I get bored, to be honest. You know, I, I can't stick to just one calendar. I can't stick to just one plan. I can't stick to just sticky notes because being bored of something kind of presents its own way of being overwhelming for me, I guess. Y'all have to explore that in a different episode. Oh boy. Anyway, like weekly planning that usually goes into my digital calendar because I can see a larger spread of the week. Daily planning is sometimes my notebook or my messaging app where I can send messages and reminders to myself and then I can edit those and check things off when I get them done. Um, Due dates, uh, usually Asana, sometimes my calendars or my digital calendars and then steps of steps of what is due for whichever day. That really could be anywhere as long as it's in front of me. And if any of those specific things don't work for the time being, you know, I'll, I'll switch to something else. I'm the, the kind of person who likes to have backups for backups and a bucket of tools that I can fall back on in case I get bored of one or find that another isn't working for that specific purpose anymore. It doesn't happen often, but it happens. My point is that no matter how you plan, you're not doing it wrong. And if, you know, you have a quote-unquote better way of doing it, then know that it's probably a better way for you, but it might not be good for someone else. It might not jive with them. It might not go with their workflow. Maybe they just don't like the user interface or whatever it is, if it's an app, or maybe they don't like the layout of a certain journal or a planner, and that's all okay. We all have our own preferences of what we want to use, how we use them, when, where we use them, right? It's it's not wrong. It's just trying things out and experimenting and seeing what sticks. And if one approach starts to wear off and it's becoming less effective for us, then maybe the reframe could be that we are getting bored of the thing that we're using and we're looking for novelty. Or maybe we're, um, you know, what we're doing with what we're using has outgrown whatever gizmo or gadget that we started out with. For clarity, I'm not saying aimlessly hop from app to app or method to style without any purpose, because I've done that too. You know, I have a list of apps that I've tried using. I have a list of journals I've tried using. I have, you know, different calendars that I've tried using and constantly switching every couple of days. You know, that was a surefire way that I got nowhere pretty damn fast. What What it's really about is finding a tool, not even not even the tool, just a tool and sticking to that tool for a certain amount of time and understanding that every time we are trying something new, there's going to be a learning curve. And it's okay to get frustrated when there, you know, if there is a learning curve. There isn't really a wrong way to learn, but there are harder ways to learn, and that's another whole different conversation. And yeah, like I, I guess I should mention this too, is that just because we plan something, just because we try something, doesn't mean we have to stick with it. Kind of like having a plan A or a plan B, maybe a contingency plan or two or three for those plans. And if we have a backup plan, great. If we don't, also great. And I mean great in a sense that it's not wrong, but for me, having a backup plan, it tends to make things go easier when my first or second or eighth plan doesn't go according to plan. Yeah. 
What I'm saying is that it's okay to have different methods to get a similar, if not the same, output or result. What works for you isn't wrong. What works for the next person isn't wrong. What works for me isn't wrong. It's just what works for us as the unique people that we are. Okay, all of that is just a long way of me trying to say, or actually I'll ask it as a question. What if we removed the word wrong from the things we're trying and from the things we're learning? And I'm not trying to discount the fact that there are some mistakes that do have consequences, which I mean, I mean that we're all different. Say for example, right, if, if you're listening to this and you have ADHD, then we have that in common. But where we all differ is how we got to where we are. And we're all in different stages in our lives. If you're listening to this, I'm sure there are many of you who got to this episode in different ways, that you found out about this podcast in different ways. Then there are people of different ages, different backgrounds, cultures, upbringings, and people from different geographical locations listening to this. And again, if you have ADHD, I also assume that we all received our ADHD diagnoses at different times, in different places. None of that is wrong. And, you know, maybe life was a little bit bumpy to get to where we are, but it's not wrong. Maybe we went through a chapter of shit to get to this point that we're at, and maybe we're still in the crap, but it's not wrong. We've all, I'm sure, made our fair share of mistakes to learn some really hard lessons. And I'm sure we've wondered if we made different choices or planned differently or maybe had a plan that maybe we'd be in a different place than where we are today. You know, that's not wrong either. Right? We're, all, we're all different people. We're all unique. And the things that work for us or the things that don't work for us, it doesn't make those things right or wrong. It just makes them the things that work for us. So maybe the reframe is that it's a practice, but thinking that right now, we're right where we need to be because when we are in the process of learning, when we're in the process of growing, when we're in the process of change, there's no right or wrong way to learn. There's just lessons. And so my last words for you until I sign off, don't stop learning. Don't stop learning. You know, there's no right way or wrong way to learn. We're all doing the best we can with the tools and the knowledge that we have right now. And maybe we've found a few things that stick and maybe we've found a few things that we've let go of and are trying something new. And that's okay. So yeah, don't stop learning because you matter, your goals matter, how you learn is unique to you and living with our uniqueness and the ways that we do things doesn't make us wrong makes us exactly unique.